This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Wow, we got a quick show for you tonight. Gordon Damer's off, but we'll talk to you about the Mets, the Yankees, and what happened to the Bucks. Also via Twitter at HardestyESPN at 98.7 underscore. Well, you know, I can't even remember. It's been so long since I've been on the air, Brian. I can't even remember the Twitter handle for the station. Tell me what it is real quick. (laughs) It's a long one. I'll tell you that. It's ESPN. You don't remember it? I don't remember. Oh, no. This is not good. All right. So it is ESPNNY987 underscore 7FM. Okay, thank you. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie Fitzsimmons here on 98.7 ESPN. And, of course, you know Brian is here along with Jake the Snake. Guys, I got to tell you this. And I'm watching this Bucks game. And we'll talk Mets and Yankees in a minute because they both won. But I'm watching this Bucks game. And I'm looking at this. And the way they started, of course, the game you just heard right here on 98.7 ESPN. The way they started you had a feeling, right? This was this was tailor-made for them. You come out, no Trey Young. And here's the other thing. You know that Atlanta's going to come out big, right? They're psyched. They're at home. You know they're going to come out. So all you have to do is withstand the first five minutes of the quarter. That's all you got to do. You know they're coming out. Just stay close. Withstand it. Hang in there with them. And then very simply, right the ship, play your game, and put them away. Now you're in a position. The series is tied. Giannis gets hurt. And you don't know if he could be – he may not be able to come back for the series. He's definitely going to be compromised the rest of the games. So now because you didn't take this seriously, in my opinion, you came out, oh, they got this, no Trey Young. Oh, we got this. Come on now. We got this. All we got to do is just come out and just, you know, we good. And we're going to have a fun. And we just going to play around with them. We're going to be up 3-1. And we're going to go home and, and lock it away and move on. We're heading to the finals. We're headed to the NBA finals. That's what happens. Bogdanovich found his shot. The bench was outstanding. Cam Reddish had a flashback. Thought he was at Duke again. I mean, Atlanta looked really good. And now I'm telling you, Trey Young comes back. And if he, you know, he comes back, I think, and here's the thing. They've proven to themselves they can win without him. Now, not saying that they want to, but they proved, especially at home, they can win without him. And now they go to Milwaukee. And we saw how Milwaukee responded when Giannis left. They were worse than when he was playing with them. I mean, at least they were coming back. They had cut it to 10. Giannis leaves. Atlanta goes on a 15-2 spurt. Game, set, match. We're done. So, very, very disappointing effort from the Milwaukee Bucks. Very, very, very disappointing effort. Very. I'm, it's, it's shocking that they were beaten that badly. Listen, you give me a close game. You lose at the buzzer. You lose by single digits. I get it. They rallied around the fact that Trey Young didn't play. I get it. But they jumped on you from the jump, from the beginning of the game. And there was nothing left. It was nothing left. So 
Uh, I'm telling you, it's going to be interesting to see how this turns out. It really is. And, of course, the other game, which you'll hear tomorrow night following Carlin here on 98.7 ESPN, which is the Suns and the Clippers, I really thought that Paul George – got to give Paul George some credit. He really – he was unbelievable last night. Hit his free throws, hit key shots. That's a great series. So now I'm waiting for Chris Paul to emerge in the game tomorrow night and just lock up (laughs) – <laughs> and just lock up that series to force them to a game seven, which I expect that series to go anyway. So it's just, man, interesting basketball in the postseason. And how about all these injuries, right? I mean, Capella goes out, he gets hit in the in the in the face, and you know, people and they talk about the physical play in the nineties <laughs> and the eighties. <laughs> Give me a break. It's just like people are the walking wounded. I think I saw a stat. Mark Stein of the Times had it. Was like there's only one, maybe there's not, I think it was Mark Stein, said that there's no, 15 players have been hurt or something like that who have missed at least the game in the postseason since it started. I mean, that is crazy. That is crazy. 1-800-919-3776. All right, let's begin in the Bronx. Aaron Boone's been complaining, and rightfully so. The Yankees have looked like straight garbage over the past couple of weeks. They just have. Come on, let's be honest. And this is from a guy who has told you that, listen, hang on. The Yankees are going to be okay. They'll get it together. It's early. The way they looked against Boston was tragic. Tragic. All right? And then you lose your first game to the Angels last night. Not good. But tonight... Give them some credit. They came out. The bats were good. Bats were hungry. You saw some power. You saw some guys on base when the ball left the ballpark. This is what the Yankees are supposed to do when you play a team that's worse than you are. And some Yankee fans will say, well, I don't know that they are much worse than we are. I mean, they're only three games under 500. And we're now three games over 500, so there's not much difference between us. But no, come on. You're a better team. And you finally played like a better team. Nice five-run fourth inning. Although, I got to tell you, I was a look. You had a four-run second and a five-run fourth. In that four-run second, I was a little concerned. And then, in the, because you, you never want to give up a crooked number, all right? So, in the fourth inning, after your fourth run, four-run second, in the third inning, you only gave up a single run. You get five in the fourth, Tyon gives up two right back. I'm like, uh-oh. This might be an issue. They can't lose this game. They just cannot. They cannot lose this game the way they've performed. Well, they did. So give them some credit. But here's the thing. We got to wait and see how long they can put this string together. That's the question. How long are they going to be able to? Is this where they turn things around? Is this where they string some wins together? And you start to feel like, okay, maybe they're going to be good. Maybe they're they're getting themselves together. Maybe this is the way it's going to be. Maybe now we can look and say, this is the way this team is supposed to play. Maybe now they found themselves and have righted the ship. And that's going to be the big question. 
And it's not going to be determined by one game. It's not going to be determined by several games. It's really going to be determined by seeing them put together a streak where they play well, not just pitch well and don't get hits one night, not just hit well, but run run themselves out of and run themselves into a loss because they don't run the bases right. All these issues. Starters go well, bullpen's horrible. All these things, they have to play well, all phases of the game together. Then you can have some hope. Right now, they're just toying with you. They're the ultimate tease. You saw what they did uh, early. You saw what they did last month. They look pretty good. Wait, 13 of 13 of 18, they win. You think they're back. You think they're, they're okay. They're putting the ball together. They're hitting the ball out of the ballpark. You're getting some decent pitching. And then they go on and they they are just look like they don't know how to play baseball against the Red Sox. And in the first game against the Angels last night. So that's the big check. That's the big test for them. Can they put together a string of wins that make you think and give you some feeling that it's going to be okay, that they are definitely the team that they're supposed to be? So the jury's still out. Nice win tonight. Now, (laughs) will they be able to deal with Otani tomorrow, who, from what I've been reading, is going to hit for himself? So he's going to be his own DH. (laughs) Probably hit cleanup, right? Hit number two. Hit second in the order like he did tonight. And pitch. This is going to be interesting. See how the Yankees respond. As far as the Mets are concerned, before we get to your calls, Listen, this was a this is a huge win for the Mets. It's against an Atlanta team that's still floundering a little bit. It's against Charlie Morton, who's been phenomenal. It's them getting four runs after being down three nothing with a pitcher that's you know not exactly in, wasn't wasn't in your in your big rotation at the start of the season, and you find a way to win. And you find a way to get back after the Nationals. And thank God, I'm so, I, I don't ever want to see Carl Schwarber again. <laughs> I mean, I know he's picking on everybody, but he's just been lighting the Mets up. So I'm happy to get away from the Nationals. I just am. Please. But this was a nice win for the Mets. They found a way to win. Nice road win, which is something that they've struggled with. They've been great at home, not that good on the road. So this was a nice win. And for them... Yes, they scored some runs. I mean, they're one of the low-run producers. I mean, everybody's talking about how the Yankees have been struggling scoring runs. Well, the Mets have not been exactly playing home run derby either. They've had struggles scoring some runs as well. And yes, Jake the Snake Bryan, I almost choked on my water in the ninth inning when Diaz gave up the long home run that went foul. I said, it's going to hit the foul pole, and I'm going to be a very unhappy man. But it didn't. So the Mets win 4-3. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 987 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Hardesty without Damer. Damer in for Rothenberg. You just heard his voice hanging out with DPA throwing Canty. Well, he's got some Yankee folks to sympathize with in Chris Canty, but he's also got Rick DiPietro who loves the Mets. So he's, he's kind of well-trained. <laughs> he's comfortable. Let's see what you have to say. Spikes in St. Pete. Spike, your batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. 
When I heard my friend Larry was on, I just said, I'm staying up. I'm watching the end of this game. I'll be real fast because time is short. I'm going to run this thing down. First of all, the coaching is so bad. And both coaches, both coaches, I got to tell you something. How, um, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nate, uh, Nate McMillan. Oh, Nate McMillan. Yeah, leaves Capella on the court. I know. Now, Brian mentioned to me when he picked up, the only the only redeeming thing there is if he broke his nose, he broke his nose. This guy's not a shooter, so he can, you know, strap a mask on and rebound and pick and roll. won't affect him as much. Uh, Giannis started out with six, eight straight points, and then that thing's bad. He That looks like we ain't coming back. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to lose. And, and yeah. And, uh, Larry, uh, you know me a long time, and you know how I feel. We think very similarly. And I can't stand the missed free throws. It mm-hmm. just drives me nuts. Yeah. You can't two airball two, two free throws. throws. You're, you're an NBA yeah. professional. You cannot airball two free throws in the same game. Spike, you can't do it. Totally unacceptable. And if you were playing in college or high school, you're sitting your ass down on the bench. But... This is this is what we got. They've gotten away from fundamentals. So you're right. Cam Reddish uh, remembered things. Uh, the, the guys who, who you, uh, Lou Williams, you could you could at 45 years old, you could wake him up in the middle of the night. He could score. Uh, I don't think he missed his first four or five shots, whatever it was. But uh, it was it was good. But it's so sad. And here's the thing I'll leave you with too. And I, and I spoke to Bill about it today mm-hmm. about the coaching. You know, Doc Rivers. He 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 had the year in '07 when Rondo really was young and and yeah he had the veterans on it but Rondo really made that that playoff for, for mm-hmm. Boston I know the other guys played well but I'm seeing it with Chris Paul most if you if you took a poll most people want Chris Paul to win the good guy philanthropic helps out everybody and. He's lost three times. I had three, three, twice, three to one, three to two. Doc mm-hmm. has Doc has pretty much the same record. I watched last night, and uh, there's flaws in that game. You know, the youngster in the middle uh, was the number one pick, uh, Aiton. Uh, mm-hmm. They they stopped him cold pretty much last night. And uh, you, you know, I'll tell you another guy, and this was Bill's suggestion. He said, "Why don't the Knicks go after Reggie Jackson?" It's yeah. a stopgap. You don't want Dennis Schroeder. And mm-hmm. I've been saying all through the period, Reggie Jackson's been playing brilliant basketball. He has been. He's a little spacey. He's a little out there, but he could fill the gap. He won't cost you that much. He's a UFA. Just a yep. thought. And the last thing, last thing is this. Uh, I thank you all for being my friend. You know that. And, uh, it's crazy down here, lots going on, but this town's crazy with this Tampa Bay. With, I'm not a hockey guy. I, I know you covered hockey for a while, mm-hmm, but yep. uh, it sounds crazy with hockey. Lightning, huh? I mean, they're crazy. I know. And, 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 and I'll ask you a question I asked uh, Rothenberg on Saturday. I walk around a lot. I get my exercise in. We drive around. We board a house. You know all that. that that's neither here nor there. What flag? I'm in the St. Petersburg Northeast section, not far from St. Petersburg, five minutes from the stadium. What flag do you think flies on the lawns and on the roofs the most? What sport? What team's flag? Uh, probably hockey. No. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, really? Even Tom the St. Pete? Come- no, no, yeah, St. Pete and Tampa Bay used to be one city. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're set, yeah, they used to be one city up until the 1920s. They overlap. They're like like Oakland, you know, just separated barely by, by a small body of water. 
but the, the, they've adopted uh, the, the Buccaneers here because Brady came in in his first year and wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, they know? jumped on the Buccaneers so, bandwagon. They're all frauds. They're frauds, Spike. They're frauds. They were probably yeah, they, they were probably yeah, Dolphin fans before that. Yeah, they're mercenaries, <laughs> I guess. But, but I can't can't blame Brady. I always no. hold it. I know you're you're not you know a team fan, but I'm a Giant fan. I always hold that deep in my heart that the Giants would have won the throne. Listen, this is a toss up. You cannot give me the winner of the NBA Finals, and I'll leave you with that. Yeah, I can't give you the winner. All right, I won't. <laughs> Listen, it could be. Can you imagine? It could be a Phoenix Atlanta final, and it could be the battle, and everybody will be focusing on the guard play. Trey Young and Chris Paul, right? Or it could be a Milwaukee Clippers final where no Kawhi and no Giannis. <laughs> Paul George against Middleton. Oh, not what you not what you signed up for, right? Not what you signed up for. And once again, we're just speculating because we don't know whether Giannis, uh, how serious his injury is that he suffered in the game tonight. Charlie's in Woodside. Hey, Charlie, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how you doing? I'm all right, Charlie. What's up? So, well, over the weekend, just I, I was a damn fool um, soccer fan, soccer Yankee fan, believing this team's gonna. Uh, what's up? When when I uh, played well against the Rivalrex, that didn't happen. But uh, Larry, I got two points. Uh, one point yesterday on yesterday. What in the world? What the heck is Clown D is in the building? Clown D. I mean, the other team. The other team. I'm not talking about the Knicks. The other team. The Durant. Why the hell is it in the Yankee Stadium? He wants to see, he he wants to see a game. Washington. No, 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 no. He just loses the second round. Uh, is he playing? I mean, I mean, get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. I don't want that. If that was Tom Starbuck, I would, like, toss him out of here. I would, like, toss him out of here. That, you, you're not on the building. Yes, she should be ashamed of them showing up public, um, showing up public things like that. Get out of here! I don't want to see those uh, any of the, the clown team, the, the clown team. I don't want to see them. any of them. Punk Irving, every, everybody. Now, in terms of the Yankees and the situation with the, what is going on, uh, Larry, uh, I, I, this team destroyed me over the weekend, and I was a sucker fan. And really, I was. I don't want to get fooled by this team. It, this is one. This is just one game. They coming off of a Monday for that well, basically season on the line. The boom post post game press conference was an absolute joke, and I don't trust this team no more. And let's say they lose tomorrow and lose the series and get swept by the Mets. I think the firings of Cashman and Boom has to come back to the table. Now, how do you avoid that? I'm gonna say, you know what? For example, go twenty and four, like that, like that. Because I have I, I I lost all the trust on this team. It's game by game basis. What this team gonna do? Is this team gonna play with Malaysia brand of baseball or what is it? Show me some pride. I mean, show me some pride. This team embarrassed over the weekend and yesterday too. So I totally lost trust and all the trust on this team. So if this team wanna win over the flat trust of the fan base, show me. Go rattle off like you know, let's say twenty and four, like eighteen and six, something like that, and. Start winning division opponents because otherwise, if this team continues, because I'm not gonna get fooled by this team playing like you know five and two week or like six and one week, I'm not gonna get fooled by it. Show me, like go on a month long streak. I mean a streak. And That's even then, I Charlie. Have. And even then, Charlie. And thanks for the phone call. You probably still wouldn't be <laughs> convinced, right? But but that's what I said. 
you need for they need to go on a long extended run where this way you know you're more confident that you know what maybe they're okay now maybe that is of course and you know I know that uh Brian Cashman spoke to the media again today before the game and he says he's still working on trying to get some players but I agree with Kay Earlier today, and, and, you know, Gordon and I have talked about it here. Uh, there's people down in on the farm that the Yankees should be bringing up to add some, some inject some youth, some excitement into that ball club. Okay, we've talked about it. I've given you example after example after example over the years of what they've been able to do and how the young player comes in and just injects life into the veteran ball club. And they're not doing it. I mean, Andujar, okay, but, you know, that's out of necessity. Because they just have to get some other folks in the, you know, they have to get some people that are trying to, hopefully, that can contribute. I mean, the lineup, you look at the averages in this lineup, this is not Yankee-like at all. Not at all. Mike's in Queens. Hey, Mike, you're next on 98.7. Obviously, uh, late June or July. I'm just, I'm just gonna have to tell my Red Sox don't get me through it because I'm, I'm with hockey season. I'm ready to go. Let's start another hockey season. Let's try to score more God on time. But uh, the Yankees, obviously, you, you look at the standings. They're what eight games back, eight, eight games, seven and a half, and people are panicking. I get it. It's the numbers not good. It's, it's not a good number. You don't want that. Toronto. I mean, the, the Yankees should go over them. Uh, Tampa Bay, that's a concern. I know the Red Sox are in first place, and the Yankees cannot beat the Red Sox, which after what last year they won nine in a row, and now they've lost seven in a row, six this year, one last year. The Red Sox, they're pitching, they're starting pitching. It's it's not that great. I mean, last year they had nothing, so they upgraded. So, so last year it, it, it went from nothing to something this year. I still, I know the Yankees 0 and 6. I still don't see the Red Sox as a dynamic team. Uh, I. I, I don't see why the Yankees, if they can't overtake them still. And, uh, I, you know, Judge, Stanton, they might. But I don't I, I don't see why LeMahieu can't get hot eventually, why he can't play up to his car. I mean, you look at his stats the past couple of years. The man's been healthy. The man's been playing ball. I don't see why he can't come back to play while he's, while he's on the tackle up. Uh, Torres, I again. He's. I know he's, he's in a cold streak, but he should be able to get going. Uh, I, you know, uh, will this team win a title this year? Probably not. I do think going forward they do need to fix their lineup. Uh, they're one-sided, lefty or righty. I, I don't know what side. I'm not a Yankee fan, but they probably. But but that's been left for years. For years we've been saying, you know, they're one-sided and they haven't fixed it. But this team, I, and you know, when it comes to Yankees, how to fix them? I bite my tongue because. Because, because Larry, we, we, we've had this talk before. You know, I'll say go younger, go faster, more speed, more small ball, and you tell me that doesn't does happen like that anymore. So the Yankees, the only thing I could say is that they should, their bats should come alive soon. Uh, the starting pitching is a bit iffy, but I don't see why they're dead in the water yet. The Red Sox are not a powerhouse team. I mean, Tampa Bay is probably the, the more of a concerning team. I mean, they're probably the odds of the division, but the Yankees should compete for a wild card. I probably not, not not a title, but I don't see why people are panicking. It's the it's the Yankees. People calm down. They always win. Relax. 
Well, you know what, Mike? Thanks for the phone call. This may be a little different because they're not winning consistently. And the way they're built, they can really only win one way, and they're not getting it done. The starting pitching is not as great. Listen, people knew the starting pitching was going to be an issue. But now with the spin rate stuff, Cole has not been Cole. Maybe it's coincidence. Maybe he's just slumping. Maybe he'll get it together. But he's not been called. I mean, look at him. I was shocked the way he pitched against the Red Sox. I was. I figured that, okay, the Yankees lost one, but they will at least get one with Cole. And Cole just couldn't get it done. Six runs in one inning. It was like, it was done. So there's some concern. They're not playing, they're not playing crisp baseball right now. They don't run the base as well. Although <laughs> the, the guy, the player from the Angels tonight, who tried to run to second on the on the ball bounced to Brett Gardner in left field. Stop yourself. What are you doing? He threw him right out. It wasn't even close. And he bounced it twice and still got it there. So the Yankees just aren't playing well. For Aaron Boone to say over the weekend that the season was on the brink, paraphrasing him, that's all you need to know. He never says stuff like that. Just doesn't. And then he, you know, reiterated, he went back to regular Aaron Boone that you heard the guys were talking about this morning. But that's not, he's not normally a guy that's critical like that. He's not. But he, you know, talk is cheap, talk is cheap. Yeah, it is. The guys just play. They, there's nothing else they can say. They have to just play and win and execute what they're supposed to do with runners in scoring position. That's the only way. That's the only way they're going to be able to turn things around. It's ESPN New York tonight. Freddie Fitzsimmons at the top of the hour. Now let's go to the ballpark. So as we talk a little baseball, we begin in Atlanta. Mets with a 4-3 win on the road. Yes, he gave me a scare, but it was Diaz with the save. Edwin Diaz got the save. He never makes things easy. Even though it's a 1-2-3 inning, the long ball that went foul, I was like, no! But it went foul, so that's the main thing. The skipper, Luis Rojas, discusses the confidence he's got in Diaz, and you know what? The whole bullpen. I mean, I think he's going to get three outs. Uh, and, you know, that's the confidence that I have in every pitcher that we have here in our staff. Um, you know, and things are going to happen in this game. You're going to run into a lot of good hitters. Like, he got Ronald Acuna for the last out of the game, you know. So, uh, I still favor my pitcher all the time. You know, whoever's on the mound. And at that point, you know, we have Edwin Diaz. He's one of the best closers in the game. So, I favor my pitcher. So, the confidence level is always high for our pitching. You know, who's, for me, been the... Uh, they're they're the reason why we've played really good baseball. They've been the tone setters, uh, and uh, our bullpen's been really good. And Sugar is, you know, one of the top guys there, of the top guy there. So the confidence level is high, and they've deserved it because they pitch well. And listen, they've done a nice job. And Seth Lugo has come back, and he's done a nice job as well. More high praise for the pitching staff, and you know, with the injuries and all the double headers and stuff, a lot of guys that, as a Met fan, you may not know, like Tyler McGill. Rojas says 
He did a nice job tonight. That kid is yeah, pure ice through his veins. Uh, second uh, outing of his career. I know he's faced the same team, but throwing some of the pitches that he threw in zone to these batters, uh, facing a Freddie Freeman and Acuna and those guys, and uh, just having confidence to throw those pitches in some hitters counts. And uh, when guys were like battling, fouling pitches off, like it's just, it just tells you there. Good stuff, man. I, I mean, I can tell why this kid uh, was putting the numbers in double A then in triple A and, uh, and it comes in and it's bringing the same thing he was doing down there. You know, I'm, he's not overdoing anything. He's not overly excited. So that's a good way to put it from Mac, uh, who's, who's, uh, who's cut him and, uh, yeah, it's uh, he's been a blessing for us because this is one need that we had, and he happened to be the guy that was throwing the ball the best rate down there for us, and he and he got the call up, and he's been responding well. You know, these guys have really pitched well. No Carrasco, don't know when Syndergaard's coming back. You know, Tyrone Walker's been amazing. Obviously, Degrom is all world. Marcus Stroman's been fantastic. And, you know, Peterson's done a nice job. A little inconsistent at times, but with the injuries and, the, you know, Julius Javis familiar hurt, members of the bullpen hurt, these guys have stepped up and they've done a very, very nice job. You know what? Francisco Lindor's been hitting lately. Got a home run, got a couple of hits recently. That base hit in the seventh inning, Skipper, could that be a turning point for him? Yeah. And and he was uh, 0 for 2. With two strikes out, two strikeouts against uh, Morton, and I mean, I, with what I said before the game, I I, I still believe it. <laughs> that guy was throwing that breaking ball, and it looked like a fastball, uh, like a fastball to the guys, and it was just bouncing, it was disappearing. Uh, so I mean, you, that guy was tough, and and we we were grinding it through. I mean, I don't think it had to do with us having like. Uh, a bad approach or anything like that. He's just a tough pitcher, and then we ran into him. So later in the game, he sticks to his approach and he gets it done. And I don't, you know, this is something that um, you just know as a hitter. And I got to stick to what I do, and I'm, I got to stay right there. And then that's what he did. So he's swinging well. I think his approach is really good, uh, regardless of the two strikeouts we previous uh, his uh, the the game winning uh, single. And uh, but yeah, I mean, this hit uh, definitely. It lifts the confidence even more. So, you know, I think he's going to, this This is something that can carry over for him uh, to keep swinging a hot bat. It would be nice because the Mets could use some help offensively. They need to find a way to generate some more runs. You can't rely on your pitching staff to continue to pitch the way they have. They're averaging, what, just under three runs per game. That's not getting it done. All right, let's head now. We leave Atlanta. Let's head back to the Big Apple. We head to the Bronx. Oh, man, Yankees with a big win. 11 runs, 11 against the Halos tonight. So, Aaron Boone, uh, sigh of relief in that clubhouse? Yeah, sure. When you're going through a tough time, shaking hands is a good good cure for for that and, you know, get to enjoy that for a second and, and know that, you know, we got a tough one tomorrow. But, um, yeah, I mean, good to see just – that's the, that's that's those guys right there. That's the heaviness that I'm talking about. I mean that that's making it real difficult on the opposing pitcher and uh, up and down the lineup. And uh, good to see him come out and really break out like that. Oh yeah, it definitely was. And I know Jamison Tyon was very happy because I don't know if they didn't score that many runs. Might have been a little different outcut outcome. So Skipper, what was the difference in the offense tonight? I think we ended up with nine walks. Over 11 hits, got to double digit and score, 
you know, and, and as well as we scored, it was another one where we could have, you know, could have had a lot, a lot more even. So it's just really good to see uh, multiple guys um, up and down the order really uh, contribute and and add on and continue to to make it real tough for the opposition. Here's the bottom line for me: the Yankees four for seven with runners in scoring position. That has not been the case recently. So for them to be that good and that clutch, that was the difference in the offense. And if they're going to turn things around and try to make a move, because the further they wait, the more teams they'll have to pass to try to get to where they need to go. That's what they have to start doing. It's very simple. It's not It's not rocket science. Well, you got runners on base, you got to get them in. And this Yankee lineup, with the way they're, with the way they're structured, the guys on this lineup, in this lineup, the Judges, the Stantons, the Sanchez's. And listen, we talk about Sanchez. He's, he's hit well of late. These are the guys that have to continue to produce. And for me, DJ LeMay, who's starting to hit a little more consistently, starting to do better work, that's one of the reasons why I think the offense will move on. If he gets hot, they will get better offensively. Well, that wraps up this abbreviated edition of ESPN New York tonight. We thank you for joining us. We'll see you maybe Thursday night. Jake, Brian, thank you very much. 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.